Like yeah. this little voice has been created. This like, oh, you're a piece of shit. You're destroying yeah. it. And it's like, no, you're still a piece of shit. No, you're still a piece of shit. And like, no, I'm not. Yeah, you are. No, I'm not. Yeah, you are. Oh, fuck, no, you're not. It's like, it's like yeah. it gets louder and louder. Yeah. And it's, we, we tend to work from the have, have do be. So we think oh, if we have the be, yes. we'll do the stuff and then we'll be a certain way. And what we need to do is flip that round. Yeah. We need to be, do, have. Yes. That's what I talk about in schools. Mic drop. <laughs> Honestly, this has been absolutely brilliant. I- Welcome to the Prime Life Project Podcast, a place to help you unlock your full potential, both mentally and physically, to become the best version of you. Welcome back to an episode of the Prime Life Project Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel James, and once again, I've uh, commandeered Mikey's bus. Uh, it's the first time I've actually done uh, a, a recording over Zoom on Mikey's bus. So I'm really looking forward to how it's all set up and how it comes across. So uh, if you don't normally check out the YouTube video, uh, go and give it uh, a watch as well, because uh, like I said, seeing Mikey's setup here is absolutely incredible. So I've got a really, really cool guest who's sat very, very patiently uh, while me and Mikey have been sent behind the scenes. Uh, and she got to see me have a mini meltdown when Mikey presented me with an Arsenal mug to drink my coffee. So uh, if anyone doesn't know, I'm an Aston Villa fan. My brother support Arsenal. I've got a little bit of hatred for Arsenal. So Mikey has had the audacity to give me an Arsenal mug. So maybe don't, maybe don't go watch the YouTube. No, I'm joking. Go watch the YouTube. Go check it out. So my guest today, uh, I've got Claire Turner, who is an emotional freedom techniques technique coach who first discovered the use of EFT to help control her rising stress levels when working in a very high pressured role. She then went on to use it to start and grow her own business. Her speciality is in helping women in business overcome subconscious blocks and limiting beliefs that are keeping them stuck in the, and causing procrastination so they can achieve more confidence, more success, and more happiness. Claire, welcome to the podcast. Hello, how are you? I'm very well, thank you very much. Like I said, we've, yeah, we've, we've, we've had a bit of a laugh. Apart from meltdown. <laughs> I, say, I use the word meltdown. It was a very modest, like, what the hell is this? <laughs> yeah, <there we> <laughs> I said about uh, getting rid of all the blocks about football mugs. So just, not all mugs are the same. So I don't see I don't see the label on it, which says Arsenal. Um, how are you doing today? I'm very awesome, thank you, my lovely. Looking forward to this. Uh, me too. Like I said, we had a little bit of a chat off air. Um, I didn't know much about you. I've done my research into you, but I didn't know much about your history. So I think that's a really good place to start. I know we had a little bit of a discussion off air, but let's take my audience back. So um, talk to me about how you've gone to this space. Because uh, again, emotional freedom technique is not something that I, I've heard of tapping before. I didn't know it was the same thing, but um, it's quite a unique thing to get into. So can you sort of take my, myself and my audience back to when you first discovered this and how it all became a thing? Yeah, and my two most favourite things to talk about, myself and EFT, I'm like a big and shitty phone. So it started, I mean, it started, I started life just like most other people, you know, went to college, got a job, um, stayed in job for many years, because that's what I thought you did. You had to work for someone else and get a pension when you were very old, and then that was it. And I stayed the same company for many, many years, went through mergers, buyouts, ended up going from working from a, a lovely little company that was not for profit, um, it was a certification company, so it was all about safety and the client, um, and it ended up in an American-owned, ooh, hiss, um, <laughs> yeah, big corporate company, which was less about the safety and the client and more about the bean counting. Mm-hmm. And because I've been there so long, I just found myself naturally going up the ladder um, and ended up in a role that I really wasn't suited to. I, it's, it's an engineering type thing. I, I'm not an engineer. I've got no interest in engineering. Um, I ended up with a, a boss who, in and of himself, is a lovely chap, but in the work environment, not so much. And I was very, very happy. It was very, very stressful. The atmosphere was incredibly negative. 
And at the same time, I'd been in a relationship again for, for 15 years. I was stuck in the same, pretty much the same place for 15 years, both, both at work and at home. And there was nothing wrong with the relationship. It was just one of those, you know, we got together quite young and we just turned into brother and sister almost. And there was mm-hmm. nothing there. But the thought of changing that because I was so used to it was extremely scary. And so I just kept giving myself these lies as to why I shouldn't make any kind of change either at home or at work. Uh, eventually, the pain got so big that I was forced to take steps out of the home relationship, which is you know very upsetting, um, but ultimately the best thing to do. And from that, after a few years, I eventually met my now current partner, who is um, Dr. Danny Scarhill of Crawley Chiropractic Centre, shameless plug. <laughs> and um, he introduced me to holistic health. He introduced me to, more importantly, personal development. Mm-hmm. And I can remember, uh, I was still working in the same place, but I can remember the coach he was with gifted him a couple of tickets to Millionaire Mind Intensive, which is a T. Harbecker event mm-hmm. in London. And he was like, I've got these three tickets and we're going to go. And I was like, I don't want to go. This is it's, it's American. There's going to be whooping and high-fiving. It sounds utterly awful. And he was like, no, I'm not. This isn't a question. You're coming. It's not a debate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he, it, was, it was new enough into the relationship where he could get away with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's just push, um, pushing the boundaries. <laughs> and he practically frog-marched me through London with a face like a smacked ass to this event. And I was absolutely right. It was very American. It was very groupy. It was very high five And I absolutely loved every second of it. And it opened me up to this whole new way of being and introduced me to this, this fact that, you know, what you believe really impacts your life mm. and shapes your life and determines the outcome of your life and what you have in it. And so we did a few more of those. We, you know, we, we signed up to various stuff and I got this very intensive year of personal development. So from going from nothing at all to a year just full of personal development and it was incredible. And from that, I realized I really wasn't happy. Um, I didn't want to be where I was. And the, the other catalyst of that was one day, uh, Danny just you know, said to me, do you know how stressed you are? And for that, read, you know, do you know how moody you're being? And I think when you're living in that constant chronic stress response, whether it be at work or at home, you don't really notice it affecting you. Mm. It's a bit like the old, you know, fog in boiling water because you, you li- you're you in it and it mm. heats up. You don't notice it. You, don't you, probably, you probably, probably noticed it originally one day. You woke up like, oh, I don't really feel great today. But then it just slowly becomes the norm. Yeah, and before just, you know yeah. it, it's 15 years down the line. You get so used to waking up going, oh, yeah. it just, you know, and that's just how it is. And um, you tell yourself you're lucky to have a job and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But he said, you know, you're really, really stressed. He said, I want you to watch this YouTube video um, of a chap called Brad Yates, who is a, an American chap out in California. And it was EFT and it was an introduction mm-hmm. to EFT um, and you know, emotional freedom techniques. And I watched this video. <laughs> May I swear, by the way? I you can ask. swear. Yeah, yeah you, you can swear. Don't worry. No, you're absolutely fine. I, uh, I, I, a lot of my listeners, my long-time listeners will notice I'm actually swearing a lot less than normal. And I think the reason behind that is because I'm doing a lot of work in schools. I have to be very like, 
tone it down. And I think it's some people have said to me like, "Your podcasts are really different recently." I'm like, what do you mean? It's like, just how you coming across is completely different. I think it's because I'm not swearing as much. Like, I, I do still swear, but you because know, I'm always thinking, well, actually, some of these kids are probably going to be watching the podcast. I think subconsciously, part of me is like, okay, probably don't swear as much. So I am more aware of it. It's something that I've always wanted to um, be more conscious of. But again, do you know when you talk about belief systems and stories? Like I was brought up in a household where swearing was the norm. So I literally say the word fuck shit, like even the C-bomb. And it means yep. nothing to me. It means absolutely yep. nothing. But the problem is when you go okay. to schools, you can't do that. So I'm like, right, tone it down. <laughs> but yeah, I live, away. I live with a scouse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I watch this video by Brad Yates. And I can remember sitting on the sofa being, well, what a load of bollocks. Yep. What a load of bollocks this is. Um, but yeah, with prodding and poking, I was like, okay, well, I'll, I'll give it a go. I'll give it a go. I can remember taking my phone out to my car at lunchtimes and he has tap along videos on YouTube. I'm just tapping along with these videos. And I would notice that very quickly in the space of a few minutes, my stress would go from, from way up here to, it would just drop. And I'd go in, I'd go back into the office, almost a different person. And that felt great. So I just kept doing it. What I didn't realize that EFT is actually quite sneaky. And when you're tapping, just, just, you, you can't help but think about the stuff that's getting on your tits. You can't help but think about the stuff you want to do that you're not doing and why you can't do it. It's just all there when you're in the back mm-hmm. of your head. And it gets worked on as you tap. So I thought I was just tapping to reduce my stress. What was actually happening was, was, was yeah, my stress was lowering, but also my limiting beliefs were getting worked on as well. And so there's a combination of this puzzle development and EFT going on, and they're just kind of combined. And I just got this epiphany, like, you know, I don't want to be working for someone else. I want to be working for myself. Um, as soon as I kind of had that, I got an offer um, from the chiropractic association that Danny belongs to to go and work with them. And that was a way out of where I was. And it seemed like a really good job. So I, I, that's what I did. I, I moved jobs. I mean, having been somewhere for 15 years, that was quite a big thing for me mm-hmm. to suddenly change jobs into an t- entirely different um, genre. Uh, and then during that time, there was still the EFT was going on, the passive was going on. And that was when I was able to make the leap from being employed, self-employed. And I started off um, <laughs> selling fairy gardens, not a euphemism on Amazon, <laughs> um, which, you know, did okay-ish, but wasn't what I wanted. And I was casting around for something to do. And I decided upon, well, hey, I know, I'll create a cleaning company. And I've got no idea where that came from. Um, but we, I remember coming up with the idea in a pub at Christmas, which is where all the best ideas start. And so I launched myself into this cleaning company. So I love the marketing, love the business. And what I completely overlooked was the fact that I fucking hate cleaning. I really, I just, I avoid kind, kind of a key thing, kind of a key yeah. thing. Yeah, so I just conveniently overlooked that because it fitted into, some of it fitted into what I wanted to do. Um, but as that started to pick up, I I wasn't in alignment with what I wanted to do. I had a, just, I had quite a big nervous breakdown about it. And it, it was very scary and I think what was worse was the fact that I had told people that I was starting a business on Amazon and then that kind of petered away. And then I moved to cleaning and now I was having a mental breakdown about the cleaning and getting very, and you know, they were going to think I'm flaky. It was, so it was all based on, I stayed in it too long because I was worried about what other people would think of me. Hmm. Um, but actually that was a really good thing to happen because from that, when I made the decision that you know, I can't do this, this isn't good for my, for my physical or mental health. And I cast about for something to do. And I, I came across a course for EFT and I was like, oh my God, you can do this for a living. It, you know, it hadn't twigged. I hadn't, even though I've been following Brad for you know, a few years now, it hadn't 
sunk in that this is something I could do. And so I trained as an EFT practitioner and um, you know, it's, it's been an exciting journey ever since then. It's, uh, yeah. I'm looking forward to going to the EFT. So I want to unpick a few things before we go into actually what EFT is and do some like yeah. uh, do do a little basic Ooh. practice because there's loads of things that you, you spoke about there that I kind of want to unpick. Cool. We're going to we're going to beliefs. So beliefs are a big thing that yeah. we're uh, going to. But um, I like the fact you said about that like, people convincing themselves of this lie. So they basically create this story of their life and then they convince themselves that this story, which is a lie, is true. And then mm-hmm. again, we spoke about this belief. They then create this belief of this is how their life's going to be. And they basically are a prisoner of their own thoughts, essentially. People just wandering around there. So I want to pick that in a second. But my uh, one thing I want to pick on with the engineering, because you're working with an engineering company as a female, was there any, uh, not not assuming there is, I just want to just put out there, was there any sort of uh, issues there being a female uh, quite high up working away in there in a predominantly male um, environment? Or was that not really a thing that you encountered? Because I've had this before on a podcast and it turned out that there was. And she was like, well, actually, it's funny you mentioned that. So it's just something that I'm quite interested in. Yeah, it's, it's a great question. And it, it's, um, I hadn't ever considered that. And I think part of the reason I, I hadn't really considered that before is I grew up in a pub. Mm-hmm. So uh, from a pretty early age, I was surrounded by the locals, which were predominantly men. And so I'd grown up in that environment where I just, I was very comfortable talking to men and dealing with men and, you know, giving as much shit it's, as it's an, it's an art. It's an art to deal with men. Especially uh, you, you're uh, absolutely especially correct. It's an art form. You basically got a degree from an early age in understanding drunk men. <laughs> yeah, it's a skill. All skills are learnable. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so I, I, it, it wasn't something I, I found too bad. What and I don't, I, I don't take things very personally, mm-hmm. um, even less so now that I do EFT. But I can remember my my then boss. I asked a question in. <laughs> You know, that's those assessments you get, like, to see how you're getting on. And yep. he'd just taken over. And so he was there. My old boss was there, who I got on really, really well with. And I asked a question. And the answer I got, I know, came from a place of, he thought, reassurance. But what came out of his mouth was, don't you worry your pretty little head about it. Mm-hmm. And my old boss literally went, <laughs> and leaned back. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Hey, you can have that one, <laughs> but don't do that again. And he did do it again. I, I, you know, someone else could take you to HR for that because yep. I know. And he was shocked. He he really thought he was being reassuring and kind and putting compliments in there. And it's like you've got to you've got to watch how you phrase stuff. Yeah. But very very patronising in like demeaning as in like yeah um, yeah this little girl yeah. Yeah, but you know, I, I for whatever reason, I it didn't bother me, and I was able to move on. But someone else might find that, that quite difficult. So yeah. I think, I think it's especially in the engin- engineering firm stuff like that, where it's very male dominant, dominated, and as you said, like for years, they've not really caught up with the times. I think obviously, as the um, younger people, females especially, work up with the ranks, mm-hmm. uh, it'll hopefully peter out some of that stuff. But just, when you sort of mentioned about engineering, I didn't realize you did in that industry, so I just didn't know if there was anything there for you. Um, so let's link it back around again because um, belief is a massive thing. So I just want to know, understand why do you think the most people walk around in this um, state of stress, low confidence, and unhappiness now? I want to link this around to mainly females, which is your speciality, because I noticed that a lot of females tend to get more stressed and take things a lot more personally um, than men do. I'm not saying men don't, but mm. from the, the clients that I work with, um, I feel like that a lot of the, the, the women I work with get very worked up and stressed over stuff. Um, yeah. 
And again, I feel like it's put on them that it's a norm that women should be able to do a many different things. And I mean, I, I, I know it's not correct, but why do you think that is? Like, why do you think that's the thing where people are in that constant state of stress, lack of confidence and unhappiness? Yeah, um, I think with women in particular, there is like, like you hit upon just there, there is a, there's a societal norm and a cultural norm that the woman should be doing most stuff, rightly or wrongly. Um, and if we've moved from a, a time when the woman was expected to be at home, looking after the kids and looking after the house, and we've now thankfully developed into women having careers and doing really well and, you know, having the things that they want for themselves. But they are, we haven't shaken this, well, they should be at home looking after the kids. So there's this, there's this kind of guilt almost that we're not doing everything and we're not perhaps the perfect mum or we're not because we're trying being to selfish being selfish almost like yeah so to... yeah it's it's trying to be the perfect mum but also have the career it's trying to be the perfect career woman but also look after the kids and I think it's 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 comes it's totally societal it comes from our culture and I think we're finding it difficult to shape that and I think men suffer just as much but women tend to be much more vocal and open about their emotions. Yes, agreed. So they are not, you know, they don't worry too much about having the mental, the emotional breakdown because, you know, that's the, it, it has a different context for them than men. Whereas if a man was to break down crying about something, no, he might be worried that society thinks he's a certain way. I think that's a problem for females. Though. I think I've said this on a previous podcast. I can't remember which guest it was, but I think it's a problem for females because if a man suddenly breaks down and cries, you're going to be like, oh shit, like, they are not okay. Whereas mm. with a female, as you said, because they're very in tune with their emotions, they will share them openly. Yeah. But then it's a case, it almost becomes a case of the boy that cries wolf. If that makes sense, like for a female, yeah, to, yeah. They, 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 they may genuinely be struggling, but because they struggle on a smaller level, but voice it, it almost gets shunned because, oh, it's just been, it's just been emotional again. Oh, it's just what she's like. When actually, no, yeah. genuinely, this one is slightly worse than before. So I think yeah, that's a really interesting point. Yes, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, uh, and we also are really, really good at beating ourselves up about that. We don't need anyone else to do it. Mm. You know, we have a bit of an emotion and we're like, oh my God, I'm being so emotional and I shouldn't do this. And, uh, you know, instead of just thinking, well, you know what, okay, this is how I feel. So what do I need right now? We just give ourselves a really, really hard time. I think men and women do that um, equally. It's just that it's more demonstrative with women than it is with men. Um, you know, working with women, I do. I work with both. I, 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 I say I specialise in women because I am a woman for starters, and I can resonate um, with a lot of the women, business women who come to me. But on the, I, I have an equal amount of men, which actually quite shocked me when I, I thought when I sort of tossed my figures up, um, and. Working with the two is it's it's like night and day. It's so funny. But uh, you're the same. You're the same as me. Just want to because I I obviously get on with men because I am a man and I can relate to men. But yeah. most of my demographic is females. Yeah, so it's, just, it's literally the exact opposite of what you're saying. It's like you want to special yeah. women because you are a woman. But I think a lot of men wouldn't want to talk to another man, which is again why they're going to you about it. And another, and women don't want to talk to another woman. They'd rather speak to a man about it. I think it's absolutely fascinating how that works. So I didn't mean to yeah. interrupt you there, but I just think it's like that's, that's right. literally the opposite to me. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny, and uh, but but you know, working with women, it's 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 usually quite not all women, obviously, I mean, not everyone's the same, but on the majority is it's very they're very quick to talk about emotions. Whereas with a man, you like, so how are you feeling? Oh yeah, I'm all right. Oh okay, we get grunt, get grunt. Okay, a little bit more. <laughs> Dig deep. <Yep. laughs> 
yeah. caveman sad yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah but uh, it's and this chronic chronic state of stress that so many people are in I don't care whether you're a man or woman I think it's it's indicative of the way we are currently living is indicative of the technology that we use. Everything has become very instant. Um, we're expected, to, you know, we've got email, we've got texting, we've got social media, we've got all this stuff that's happening all at once. And we feel like we have to keep up with that and that we have to be quick in our responses. And at the same time, you know, you've got work going on, but then you've also got your family going on, you've got your personal life going on and trying to juggle all of that and, we think that people expect us to be able to juggle all of that. It's very much a case of expectations going on mm. um, and the demands of your boss or your demands of your partner or your kids or whatever, particularly uh, we, I mean, we saw it shoot up over the um, lockdown mm. where people were, were trying to homeschool and work. Yeah. And the majority of that it seems to have fallen to the woman to do the homeschooling just because and that's how it seems to fall. I'm not saying that happened in every case, but that's how it seems to fall. That's a tremendous amount of extra pressure because then you're not only are you trying to keep everything going, but suddenly you're responsible for the education of your children. Mm. And, and, and I feel like people, I feel people do such a good job of doing that. So like so many women would have absolutely fucking bossed that, mm. would have absolutely owned it, but the detriment of themselves. Yes. So literally, they just literally suppress their own stuff. But they look, and then because then, then what's happening is that they're going back to the real world and they're like, and I get my clients like, I don't know how I did it during lockdown. And I was like, you didn't really have a choice because it was sink or swim. Your kids needed you. Your motherly instincts come in. You've stepped up and you've absolutely bossed it. God knows how you've done it. You've probably not slept properly. You've been up until silly o'clock. But it's like, now you're starting to get the repercussions of that where you're going into the real yeah. world and you as a person are like, I'm not okay with this. I yeah. am struggling. Yeah, yeah, and the thing is, uh, is you know, if you have kids, you know, they're watching. Mm. They're watching you. They're absorbing what you do, and I don't want to freak anyone out. I'm not going to what we're doing, but the way you treat yourself, or the way your partner treats you, or the way you part you treat your partner, your kids see that. Well, don't say it's freaking people out. I think people need to hear that. I think generally people, do, it's, yeah. it's, unco- it's uncomfortable. But yeah. that's why that's why I say to my clients because they need to hear it. They don't need it sugarcoating. What you're doing, your kids are watching. You can say yeah. do this, you can say do that, but don't like what you're actually doing. The kids will pick up on that, and yeah. that's such an important thing. Like I, th- I think it needs to be said. Yeah. So if you're saying to your kids, you know, you've got to you've got to look after yourself and put yourself first, and you know, you know, all these other things, but then they see you not doing that. Yes, you're doing it for the higher good of the family, but to the detriment of yourself. And really, how much can you give if your cup is empty? And it's 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 all these, but it's all these things. And then we start shooting on ourselves. Oh, I should be doing this. So I should be making time for myself. Or I should be picking up the kids. Or I should be doing this other thing. And it just all ramps up. And so we end up swimming in this, this stress suit that we just can't seem to get out of. It becomes a way of life. Hmm. And the result of that, unfortunately, is that your mind and body, which you know we haven't evolved biologically very much at all, um the uh, what the world around us has changed but we yeah. really haven't and so what ends up is your your brain doesn't know the difference between real danger and perceived danger all it knows is that you feel threatened you feel under attack whether that's from an unexpected bill popping you know flopping onto your, your doormat or your boss giving you a deadline or you know some some kind of real danger it doesn't know the difference between any of that 
And so it's just constantly flooding you with all these stress hormones, things like cortisol and adrenaline, which in short bursts, you know, stress in short bursts is really, really healthy. It's really good for you. But this never ending stress soup where you don't burn off the stress hormones as a PT, you'll get me all those. Well, we're very sedentary these mm-hmm. days. Mm-hmm. We do an awful lot of sitting around. We get up in the morning, we sit down and eat breakfast and we get in the car, sit down, drive to work. And we probably sit down. And then at the end of the day, we drive back, you know, sitting down and then sit down to eat dinner and then sit down to watch TV. Perhaps mm-hmm. that's an awful lot of sitting. The body isn't designed to do that much sitting. Yeah, from the chiropractic background, sitting is for your spine. What sugar is for your teeth? It's very mm. bad for us. Mm. It's interesting it, with, with animals as well. Like it comes to the stress. Yeah. We're thinking there, like, like when when animals get stressed and they've got those things running through, like the adrenaline and all the, they'll go shake it off. Yes, there's, there's an amazing book um, why zebras don't get ulcers. And basically talks about that and basically how the fact that like <laughs> zebras can be chased by a lion and two seconds later they're completely chilled out is because they, yeah, they can literally turn it on and off because they're just shaking yeah. it all out. Yeah. Uh, but we just hold all that trauma, that stress, yeah. we actually hold it in. Yeah. And we're like, oh, you know, if you're shaking, you're like, oh my God, just don't be silly, get over it. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah, give yeah, yeah. Ourselves that because, moment. because the body knows. Like yeah. um I, yeah. was, I was having a conversation the other day, and again, it was a, it was a quite a heated discussion. And straight away my adrenaline went going, I was shaking. But it's just yeah. like I, I noticed it's like oh it's interesting. And I've been afterwards, I allowed it to happen and my body just sh- shook it off. It was really interesting. I ended up going, and that's why again, I think when you get in that state, then go for a walk. Because again, you do just then naturally disperse it out. But it's an yeah. interesting thing there. I don't think we allow ourselves to to feel as you said, we just suppress, 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 and then it also ends up coming out eventually. Yeah, we've forgotten that we are actually animals. You know, mm-hmm. we come we are part of the animal kingdom. We've we have we have forgotten that because we're so clever with our big brains. But yeah, we we, <laughs> we think so superior. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, but you know we're not doing enough movement and when you're not burning those stress hormones off they rampage around your body and they gather and they cause all sorts of issues you know not just health issues you've, you've got the high blood pressure you've got the inability to digest you compromise your immune systems you've got all of that going on but you know there's this big mind body connection going on as well so if you are suffering in your body then mentally and emotionally you're going to suffer as well because you don't mm-hmm. feel good and it's the same if you're feeling depressed or anxious and, and you've got those emotions, your body is going to um, mirror that. Mm-hmm. So how often have you felt really down and you, you haven't felt good in your body? Or how, how often have you had like a, an injury to yourself and you haven't been able to do much and your mental state goes down as a result? Mm-hmm. They're very, very connected. And so where EFT comes in is, you know, you've got a mind-body problem and EFT is a mind-body solution because it's based it's got one foot in the very Western technique of traditional talk therapy, and it's got another foot in acupuncture in Eastern medicine because uh, it uses acupressure points. So let's talk about this then. What what is EFT? Like, let, let's go there because again, okay. I want because I, I want to link back into belief systems, but I think yeah. like linking this in with like EFT. So like, what actually is is EFT? From, from thinking about it, is it like sh- state shifting? Like Tony Robbins does some stuff about like anchoring, sorry, almost like in uh, NLP. Is it is it a form of that or is it something completely different? You can certainly, it it certainly um, can link to that. Um, Essentially what it is, you've got, it started life, if I may give you a little bit. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I love a history. I I like to know about things. So take me back. (laughs) (laughs) I'll I'll sit comfortably with my Arsenal mug and coffee. Let me tell you a story. Um, so it started life back in the 1980s, actually, with something called um, TFT. Um, so it's thought field therapy. And that was devised by a chap called Dr. Roger Callahan, who was an American psychologist out in California. And he was uh, dealing with you know, the talk therapy, but he was very, very interested in Eastern medicine, particularly acupuncture. 
And one he had this one day he was working with a client um, called Mary, and Mary had an intense phobia of water, and it was so bad she couldn't even sit in a bathtub with a little bit of water in it. And the most they've been able to do with the traditional talk therapy was she could sit sort of near to his swimming pool. He had a swimming pool. He's a doctor. He's in California. He has a swimming pool. She could sit near to it, but she couldn't look at it. She had to sit with her back to it. And then one day they were talking about this, and she just happened to mention them. And she thought about water. She got a very um, intense pain in her stomach. And on a whim, Dr. Callahan was like, oh, okay. And he had a tap under her eye. And the acupressure point under your eye is the acupressure point for your stomach. And so he had a tap under her eye and they continued to talk about her fear of water. And then after a little while, she, she stopped tapping and she looked up and she said, oh my God, it's gone. And Dr. Kelly was like, oh yeah, what's gone? Thinking she meant the pain in her stomach. She's like, the fear. I can't feel the fear anymore. And she jumped up, so legend has it, and ran out towards his swimming pool. And he was like, shit, because he thought she was going to jump in. And she's like, no, no, I'm not an idiot. I'm going to jump in. I can't swim. But she started splashing water on her face. And he was blown away by that. And so he started using it with other clients. And it became so effective that he turned it into this thought field therapy um, technique, which was essentially a different recipe of acupressure points that you would tap whilst talking about whatever the problem was. But the recipe would be different for every single different problem, every single different issue. Now, we are human. We have generally have many issues. So you can imagine it got really complicated really quickly. Um, but it was so effective that he started teaching it. And one of his first students was a chap called Gary Craig, who was an engineer. I was at, currently at that time at Stanford University. And Gary could see how effective it was, but also how very complicated it was. And so with his kind of engineering mind, he set about making it simpler so that everyone could use it. And he boiled all the different acupressure points down to just nine basic points that when tapped would produce the same, if not better results than all the different recipes for TFT. And he called it EFT, Emotional Freedom Techniques. Mm. And we now nickname it tapping because of the very simple fact that you tap your fingers on your face and torso. So I'm not going to lie. It looks fucking weird. You're going to feel a bit silly doing it. But what it does is by tapping those, those acupressure points, um, you are generating a signal that goes to your stress response center, your amygdala in your brain. And it's like flicking a switch. You're turning that stress response off. And the minute you turn that stress response off, everything starts to calm down. And when you're in a high state of stress, because your body and mind think you're in danger, it, it puts you into, as we were talking about earlier, it puts you generally into the fight or flight mode. Sometimes you have freeze, but generally it's the fight or flight mode. And when you are in that mode, you don't need to have logical thinking. You don't need to go to do the telegraph crossword when you're running for your life. So it switches off the, the prefrontal cortex. It switches off that logical part of your brain. It switches off things like digestion. So... And, and healing. You don't need to be, you know, recovering from a cold when you're running from a tiger. Mm -hmm. And it just focuses on the stuff. It puts you in survival mode. And so when people are in this never-ending state of stress, they are living in survival mode constantly. And that doesn't give them their body chance to move from the sympathetic nervous system response to the parasympathetic, you know, which is putting the brakes on. And it's that parasympathetic state that is where we rest and repair. 
And if we can't get to that, we can't rest and we can't repair. And then you're going to see things like illness, disease, um, pains, you know, poor sleep, all those things that go with that. Um, EFT, it just you can use it in kind of two ways. You can use it to reduce negative emotions like a stress response very, very quickly. But you can also use it to go in and find the limiting beliefs that are fueling your reactions that are causing the stress response in the first place. So let's start off with, um, we'll go into the limiting beliefs uh, part in a second because I want to actually go into like, beliefs, what limiting beliefs are. Um, it's interesting that, the, in, in that example, uh, you said the original story of uh, how it got discovered. The lady said that she had stomach pains because that's where the solar plexus is, which is where all the, the nerve things. So when we talk about, you mentioned earlier on, just for the audience, you've got the, uh, the brain and the body connection. So the nerves basically go down to the body. You've got the, the valgus nerve and the vagus nerve, whether you're yeah. American or English. <laughs> uh, and then it all comes down to the solar plexus, which basically links in just behind the stomach, which is basically where all the nerves go from the brain into the body. So if you've, you're thinking negative thoughts, it will literally go down your your nervous system and it will then disperse into your body and that's how your thoughts then resonate into your body and give you this sort of response and yeah. you can essentially create this whole thing so when it comes to the the, the, the tapping thing then let, can we let's talk about beliefs and then let's talk about how we can uh, use eft to um find and uh, disperse them because i find that's the, the thought that the i can't comprehend how it's going to work so i'm looking yeah, forward to that yeah. but let's talk yeah. about limiting beliefs then so um some of my audience uh will have heard me talk about this before but for any new listeners uh what are limiting beliefs like what are limiting beliefs uh how are they created and why should people care about identifying them yeah okay so um i'm going to do the whole thing about identifying them first that something that my mentor so i actually i mean seen brad yates's video i actually ended up you know, being I'm friends with him now, and I've worked with him and stuff, which was just fantastic. Um, but the phrase he trots out, which I've completely stolen, is the extent to which you don't have the thing that you want is the extent to which you're resisting it, whatever that might be, whether it's more money, more love, whatever. And resistance comes from your belief or your beliefs, and our beliefs shape our environment. So it's kind of like a a projector. So your life is the, is the screen and you're running your movie from inside you, from what's going on inside you. So beliefs are things that we think are true and beliefs are incredibly powerful. You know, people will die for their beliefs, they'll kill for their beliefs, mm -hmm. but then they are just beliefs. They are not truths, but they can be so convincing we think they are. And we generally get them from um, between the ages of, of zero to seven. We're kind of a bit like a sponge. We're in a very sort of hypnotic state at that age and we absorb stuff. And the reason we're, we're built like that is you can't, as a human, you have to fit into your tribe. You have to fit into your family. You have to fit into the tribe in general very, very quickly so that you're accepting it. It's a whole survival thing. But when a baby is born, you can't sort of hand it a massive manual of how, what to do and how to be to fit in and so we we are this sponge and we are born and we we observe and we pick up our parents way of acting and thinking we pick up our family's way of acting and thinking society's way of acting to think and thinking and we absorb that and it essentially tells us this is how we have to act this is how what we have to think in order to fit in and from a basic survive from our very primal part of our brain fitting in and being part of the tribe is absolutely essential because if you back in the day if you decided to be a lone wolf or even worse got kicked out of your tribe then chances are you die 
So we have this very basic need to be accepted, which is why so many people worry about what other people think. Mm. And that is a big, that is a big limiter for a lot of people because they don't do stuff they want to do because they're worried of what other people think. So a belief is something that you have, it's, it might start off as a decision. You see people doing stuff and you think, oh, okay, so that's, that's the way it should be. And the more you hear or see that, the more it becomes belief, particularly if it comes from someone in authority. So one of the, to give you an example of that, you know, one of the biggest things we have beliefs around is money. Yep. We never seem to have beliefs about coupons. It's always money. Um, it's because it's very highly emotional. It's very charged, the, the thought of money. And even the word, people hate the even word. Even the word, yeah. Oh, you mustn't talk about money. Um, but if you, growing up, constantly see your parents arguing about money or, you know, some form of money causing problems or hear your, you know, maybe your dad say to you, oh, you know, money brings nothing but trouble or something like that. Or if mm-hmm. you're in a religious environment, you know, money is the root of all evil or whatever. And you hear that, you hear that once. Okay. You keep hearing it and it embeds it into your system and that becomes a belief. Mm. Now, if you then you know grow up thinking that money is the root of evil, or money causes arguments, or money causes your you know people to split up, or whatever, and you want to create more money in your life, how likely do you think it is your subconscious is going to allow you to put yourself into a position where you might be arguing with your partner all the time, which might feel very unsafe? It's not going to. Mm-hmm. So good luck making a lot of money mm-hmm. because you'll self sabotage yourself to keep yourself safe. The self-sabotage really is just misguided self-love. Oh, that was good. Say that again. Boom. <laughs> say, say, that, say, that, say that again in case my audience missed that. Say that again. Self-sabotage is misguided self-love. I love that. Because mm. this, this is something I, I talk about. I had, I had a gentleman on um, talking about money. And it was absolutely fantastic because basically I had my own money issues growing up. And it was purely because of this. I had to unpick my belief systems. Because I had very, very negative stuff about money. And whenever I got money, it would... To disappear and i'd always get myself to financial debt because i didn't understand money number one i didn't understand money but i also had all these beliefs about that beliefs about success beliefs about all this sort of stuff and people wonder how i've managed to achieve what i've achieved in four years the only reason why i've been able to do it is because i actually noticed all these beliefs and unpicked them because they were literally controlling my life and it was literally like an autopilot it was like a, whenever i achieved anything amazing in my life i would then self-sabotage and, and literally got to the point where i was like again with my depression it's like what the fuck is going on and so only once I unpicked it, I realized I was doing it to myself. And I took complete responsibility, but I'm doing this myself. Yes, these beliefs were given to me, blah, 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 blah. However, I now have a conscious brain that can control the subconscious. I can take back control of this. Right, let's get at it. Let's unpick all this bullshit. And let's crack on my life. And that's fundamentally what it was. Um, yeah. Then the money belief as well. So also, so I didn't want to go into schools. I talk about this a lot. So one of the activities I do with the kids is I have sentences on the board. Uh, and it'll be, because I normally go into uh, underprivileged schools and work with troubled kids. That's what I want to help out. Um, again, rich affluent kids have problems as well, but their issues, they can throw more money at it than these, these kids that don't know any better. So I have words on the board. Happiness is. Mm. Life is. Money is. Success is. The first one I start off with, people are. And they'll be like, and they'll say to them, these triple kids, I said, you're in a safe space. You can say what you want. If I had a pound for every single time the kids said people are dickheads, mm. I wouldn't be on this podcast. I'd be on a beach somewhere. Like yeah. they all the time. And I'll say to them, do you know every single person in the world? And they're like, no. I says, do you know everyone in England? No. Do you know everyone in, in, in Nottingham, let's say, or Leicester? No. So how can you have a blanket statement that all people are dickheads? Mm. I was like, 
and is that going to help you in life moving forward? And they're like, yeah. oh, I'm like, yeah, oh. So basically they've got all these lists of things, what they believe to be true about happiness, success, money, um, people. And I'm like, right, you've got all these negative beliefs. Let's just unpick that. And again, that's why I want to go to schools to talk about this because adults walk around with these all the time. So how do you go about unpicking these beliefs then? Because I'm very interested in this because we've all got them in some way, shape or form, whether it's about fat loss, success, money, relationships. We've all got these limiting beliefs. How do you work with people to unpick these? By the way, this is absolutely amazing. I'm enjoying this a lot. This is, fun, <laughs> this is brilliant. So I'd like you, uh, I'd like you to imagine your brain is like a computer and everything that ever happens to you is stored in a folder. There's little electronic folders that you see on your computer screen. And in those folders, there tends to be four things. There's an image or a movie of what happened. There is an emotion or emotions. There's a physiological response, so how your body reacted. And then there's a decision or a belief that you formed in that moment. Now, if you're mentioning schools, this will, this will fit in quite well. If you imagine as a kiddie, you're at school and you are asked to do a presentation to the class. So you go up to the front of the class, you start your presentation, and maybe you get something a bit wrong. Maybe you stumble over your words um, or stutter. And, you know, kids being kids, maybe this class laughs at you. Maybe the teacher says something a little bit derogatory. And in that moment, you're going to get a surge of emotion. Now, as soon as you get a surge of emotion, your brain goes, oh, hello, this is important. Let's create a folder. And that, so the emotion that you're probably feeling at that time might be things like humiliation, shame, embarrassment, maybe even anger. And those emotions get put into this newly created folder. At the same time, your body's going to react a certain way. So maybe you get a bit shaky. Maybe you get a bit sweaty. Maybe your face flushes. Maybe you feel a bit sick. Those go in the folder. And you're going to have an, an image, possibly in this instance, a movie with a soundtrack of the class laughing at you, of the tone of voice of the teacher. That gets put into your folder. And in that moment, your little inner voice, which we all have, and if you're sitting there thinking, oh, I haven't got a little voice, that's yeah, the little yeah. voice I'm talking about. <laughs> um, it, it says to me, too, it, goes, it might say something along the lines of, oh, shit, I'm, you know, I'm no good at public speaking, or public speaking isn't safe, which is bonkers, because we all love public speaking. And that goes into the folder. Now, if you, as soon as you put something in that folder and you attach high emotions to it, your brain starts to look out for stuff that's going to reinforce it. So you become very um, blinded by that. By that, you, you, If you have a belief that you're no good at public speaking or that money is the root of all evil, your brain's going to go, this is important because there's an emotion attached to it. Let's look out for stuff that reinforces this. And that will build that belief into something much, much bigger and much more truthful to you because we don't like to be proved wrong. So we look out for stuff that proves to us that we are right, whether we are or not. So now if you fast forward many years, you've all grown up, you, you know, maybe you've got a job and your boss comes up to you one day and says, Daniel, my God, there's an amazing opportunity. There's a promotion coming up and you'd be fantastic at it. It's more money. It's less hours. It's in the Bahamas. It's just incredible. And you're like, oh, my God, that sounds awesome. What do I have to do to get it? And your boss says it's really, really easy. All you have to do is give a presentation. And as soon as those words leave your boss's mouth, your brain goes, hang on, we've been there before. And it will go rifling through your folders. It will find the relevant one. It will press play. And your body will flood with those same reactions it had way back when. You probably don't even remember the original memory, yeah. but it's in there. 
That's what you were saying, but you, you wouldn't even remember that memory. Yeah. You just automatically yeah. be in yeah. response. Yeah. Yeah. So you get, and anyone who's ever done anything embarrassing will know what I'm talking about with that because you get that moment where you, you suddenly remember what you did and your body goes, Ooh, and you relive it all over again. Yeah. So your body's going to do that. You, you, you know, your face might start flushing. You, you're going to get those emotions coming up and that little internal voice in your head is going to go, ah, oh, shit, we're no good at public speaking. And then one of two things is going to happen. Either you go for it, but you're so nervous about it, you completely fuck it up and you don't get the promotion. Or you listen to your inner voice and you go, I can't do it. Either way, you miss out on something fantastic. And that has how a limiting belief can impact you. Now, the way EFT works is it's like introducing a virus scanner and it goes through those folders. It finds those past events and it plucks the emotion out of them. And as soon as you remove the emotion from something, it becomes less important. Mm -hmm. You don't lose the memory, but you're able to recall it without your body going and without the emotions running and your little inner voice becomes less loud if it's there at all. And it's from that point you can then make those really empowered moves forward in your life and start attracting the things that you want because you're not energetically repelling them for your own safety. I think that's a big thing with the emotions you said there because, again, a thought is just a thought and it holds no mean, meaning behind it at all. It's just literally, as you said, an image mm-hmm. or a video. It's the emotion that we attach behind it that give it the power. So if you've got this negative image or video that's popping up and you can just remove that power which yeah. is the, the emotion you win in. But you can also use that on the positive side of things as well, which we'll talk about gratitude journaling as well. So again, what, you, what this happens is it's ne- this is the this when it works negatively, but if you use it positively, it's understanding that if you say to the, the, the brain, you're doing your gratitude journaling and you're thinking of things you're grateful for and you attach the emotion behind it, you are then saying to the brain, this is important. So you're doing the exact same thing that's happened negatively, but you're doing it for the positive. So yeah. every single time the brain is scanning for that emotion because it's like oh gratitude is important to us oh gratitude is important to us and then you'll start to notice it so rather than being oh we're scared of public speaking oh we're scared of this oh we're scared of that you're actually yeah. flipping it and you're using the brain at its own game you're playing it at its own game which is absolutely fantastic so uh, yeah. let's talk about then EFT and how to do this so uh, obviously my audience um, like obviously will have some limiting beliefs so um, how can they find the limiting beliefs that they've got so let's I know this is, a, this is something that you go into a lot of detail for but let's as best we can uh, for the time we've got left how can we give the audience some actual usable stuff that maybe can just help them identify and unpick one limiting belief? Yeah. Okay. So a great place to start is with that phrase, the extent to which you don't have the thing that you want is the extent to which you're resisting it. So what is it that you want more of in your life? So let's just, as money tends to be a popular one, let's say you want more money, but you don't have the money that you want. Then there's a, there's a resistance there. There's a limiting belief there. So start to ask yourself, what, what are my beliefs about money? What do I, when you talk about money, what language do you use? Are you negative about money or are you positive about money? Think about how your parents talk about money. You know, from, did you come from a family that was constantly saying, oh, there's never enough money? Or my, my, one of my family's favourite ones is money doesn't grow on trees. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, money, money, money burn a hole in your pocket. That's what I got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're going to get rid of it quick, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Um, And just think about those phrases and you can start there. And EFT is um, kind of based into two parts. So you've got like a setup statement and then you've got a round. So a setup statement starts by you saying out loud, even though. And then you state whatever the negative emotional challenge or limiting belief is that you have. So even though I have this limiting belief about money, 
And then you follow it with a positive. I deeply and completely accept myself, which sounds weird, but I'm sure you've heard of the term what you resist persists. Absolutely. So stop resisting it. By giving yourself permission to feel a certain way or to think a certain thing, your subconscious goes, oh, okay. So you're no longer fighting it. It's the same if you're tapping for a negative emotion, even though I feel really angry right now. I accept that's how I feel. I'm allowed to feel this. And you do that three times whilst you tap on the karate chop point. So the karate chop point is the outside edge of your hand, that fleshy part, where you would literally karate kid someone. Mm -hmm. And you tap that. It could be either hand. And you tap that with however many fingers feels comfortable for you. Do you, once you it, do you have to tap it at a certain pace or is there? Is it just whatever feels comfortable? Whatever feels comfortable for you. One thing I, I do tend to say to you is you want to be tapping hard enough so you can feel it, but not so hard you end up covering loads of little bruises. Yeah. And people often smirk at that. But the thing is, if you're tapping for anger, the oh, temptation is to yeah. tap very quickly and very hard because you're really, oh, and just notice that and perhaps yeah. slow it down and uh, make it a bit softer. Because trust me, if you, if you don't twig it and you're tapping too hard, it can get quite painful after a while. So before, so before we do, do, let's say with the, with the belief thing, would it be beneficial to write down, let's say money, and then it would be beneficial to write down everything that pops into your head and then separate yes. it good and bad. Would that be a good place to start? Yeah. You, have to, yeah. yeah, you can do that. So, I mean, every belief that we have, you think about a table, uh, the belief is a tabletop. Yep. And everything that's happened in our lives is the legs that support that tabletop. All of that. So what you're looking for are the memories that you have. And it's the stuff that you keep thinking about um, that support that tabletop. And if you can't think of anything straight away, that's okay. What you can do is just get going with the tapping because as you tap, it's going to naturally bring your stress response down. And as you bring that down, it allows stuff to surface. And so just you can just start up and see what comes up and make a note of that as you do the tapping. But then what you want to be doing is there's something called a peace procedure you can do with EFT. And it's essentially you list every limiting belief you have or every, everything that you think of on a regular basis. And then you and I think, oh my God, that feels really overwhelming. But you look at them and you think, okay, well, how true does this feel to me? On a scale of one to 10, how true is it that money is the root of all evil? How true is it that money causes nothing, all arguments? How true does that feel to me? Mm-hmm. And give it a number. And then what you want to do is you start with the highest number. Because if you think about this tabletop, the table legs, the beliefs that feel the most true are the sturdiest legs mm-hmm. and when you've knocked some of them away the table starts to wobble so to put it another way if you imagine you know that your beliefs were a forest of trees you cut the biggest tree down first and as that falls all the smaller ones get taken with it so you don't have to work on every single belief you ever have you know put into your head you'd start with the most intense ones, the most truthful ones to you. And those will naturally take out some of those slightly lesser beliefs. Does so that make sense? Yeah, 100%. And that was really good. The, the analogy you used there about the, the, the tree falling and just taking the, the biggest, strongest legs away is absolutely brilliant. Yeah. So I just want to clarify that because I know I know what I would be like if I was listening to this. I'd be like, what, so do I have to write it down? Do I have to just think about it? So I just want to make just real actionable steps here for them because I said, I, yeah, I, know, I, know, I, I know what I'm like. Like, when I listen to stuff on podcasts, I'm like, well, what do you mean? Like, no, no, and it's left up with interpretation. I'm like, no, no, no. I need you to just tell me what to do. And then it's like, yeah. okay, cool. So you wrote down this list, list of money. Uh, so once you've got this list, you then you can take it to the extreme of writing down every single one and then the ones that are most true to you. Uh, then you just hold that in your mind while you're tapping. Would you say it out loud? What do you do? 
Yeah. So you start off, I would recommend start off saying it out loud. So you've got that set up statement first. So even though I have this belief and you can, you can read the belief out to yourself. EFT works better the more specific you can get. So, you know, don't be afraid of, of spending quite a long time on a setup statement, just, just getting your state, getting your belief out there. And you repeat it three times. And once you've done that, you move into what we call a round. And the round starts with your eyebrow um, point, which is where your eyebrow begins, at the top of your nose. And then you move to side eye, which is the outside corner of your eye on the bony eye socket. If you're on the temple, you've gone too far. You want to be on the bony eye socket. And then you've got under eye which is again on the bony eye socket, on the nose, which is exactly where it says on the tin, chin, which is the groove between your lower lip and your chin point, collarbone. So if you were to pop um, two fingers in that triangular hollow at the base of your neck Mm -hmm. and pull them out sideways by a couple of inches, Mm -hmm. those are your collarbone points. Sometimes the easiest thing to do here is to make a fist and tap where you find the knot of a tie. And that kind of gets both of them. Then you've got underarms. It's a couple of inches below your armpit where a woman's bra strap would be. And then top of head. So if you, you can't because you, you are in there. If you put your fingers on top of your ears and draw two lines up to the top of your head where your fingers meet is where you tap. And then you just keep repeating the round. Now, as you're doing the tapping, um, you're going to be stating what... I'm going to call negative affirmations because I don't know any other way of saying it. You are, you are stating the stuff that you don't like or the way that you don't feel. And that can feel quite unnerving because it's been so drummed into us that we should always be positive affirming. But we're actually, we're affirming stuff to ourselves all the time. And most of the time it is negative stuff and we're not even realizing. Mm-hmm. But by allowing ourselves to just say all this, as we're tapping, we're kind of releasing that energy. We're giving ourselves permission to let go of that stuff rather than kind of stuffing it down into our, inside ourselves and, and not, not admitting that we feel a certain way. And it's you can do positive tapping and it's going to make you feel absolutely awesome and amazing. It's really going to G your energy up. But unless you do the negative tapping first, I liken it to polishing a turd. Mm-hmm. It's going to look all shiny and nice there's still a load of shit underneath yeah, and yeah, it's that yeah, that you yeah, want to get rid of. Yeah, so it's Louise. Hay, rid, yeah. yeah. Louise Hay very famously once said, you know, honey to clean your house, you have to see the dirt. And that's what we're doing. Yeah. I think, I think so that's, what lot, I think that's what a lot of people do. This, this is why when it comes to um, sometimes some of this stuff, like people just try and, um, I think spoke about earlier on about, um, uh, uh, filling your cup up when when you're losing, mm, yeah. you've got to your cup up. The thing is, people try to fill a cup up, but they haven't removed the cracks in the cup, so they're doing this stuff to fill the water up, but it's just pissing out. So they're still not filling the cup up anymore. But like, oh yeah, but I'm meditating, oh, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. It's like, yeah. okay, yeah, but you still these massive cracks. Like you're still yeah. in a toxic relationship. You still hate your job. You're still this. You're still that. And you're trying to just pour this water. In. It's like, no, no, you need to just like you need to tidy up the cracks first, as you're saying there. Yeah. You need to yeah. identify the beliefs, remove the limiting beliefs, and then actually that's when you can move forward. This has been, by the way, and I, I know we're not finished yet, but this has been absolutely awesome. This part here. By the beliefs is really really powerful because again uh, i mentioned this on my previous podcast like um although i talk about this stuff a lot it's when you get people that come on they can articulate in a different way and how again you're articulating this today for me it's been very crystal clear especially when it comes to i'm a very i'm a very visual person we've said there about the tabletop and actually knocking the legs away that for me is really that's that's a very very strong powerful visual thing for me when it comes to beliefs and removing those limiting ones um 
So yeah, I mean, what you're saying, what you're saying there again with beliefs and and people, and I love that thing with the cup and the cracks. I might be stealing that, um, but this is why, uh, and this might be a bit controversial, but this is why mindset alone doesn't work, or it, it can work, but it's going to take a long time. What do, you like define, it, what do you define as what do you define as mindset? So when you say to me things like, "Oh, I must be positive, mm-hmm. I must have a positive, I must be this, I should do that, I should do the other thing," and I'm not saying mindset isn't important; it doesn't work. It is massively important. But I liken it to if you're relying on mindset alone, I liken it to giving a surgeon a blunt butter knife. Now, they're going to be able to do the job, kind of, but it's going to take a long time. It's going to be really fucking messy. Mm -hmm. And EFT or any kind of energy technique that deals with the limiting beliefs, I mean, there are other energy techniques available. Obviously, EFT is best, but um, it's like then giving them the scalpel back. Mm. So mindset is very important. But when you are trying to change a behavior or a pattern that you are in, which is being caused by it, but you know, your thoughts lead to your feelings, lead to your actions, lead to your results. Well, where do your thoughts come from? They come from your limiting beliefs mm. or your positive, empowering mm. beliefs. I take that I take and a so step further can... with, with identity. So that's normally where I start yes. with stuff is working on the whole identity stuff, which again comes up from childhood yeah. and the, 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 the thing that you see, like the I am, like how you yeah. actually. Oh, see it's just um, the most two most powerful words. Absolutely. So this, I I, I'm so glad you said it. And again, it's just it makes me happy when I hear people that send the same stuff because it's like it's, it's, it's all this information is out there on my podcast, and again, other stuff I talk about. Like it's it's all the same stuff, but it's it's everyone saying the same stuff because it is what is true. So my biggest thing when people come to me, and again, most people come to me, they think it's for fat loss but a lot more now it's mental health mindset stuff and the biggest thing i work on is the identity because as, as you yeah. said there you can change the action you can say uh you can say all the positive things you want to but if you still think you're a piece of shit no matter yeah. i am a piece of shit i'm fat i'm no good i can't do this i can't do that and that's your actual identity like that's what you 100 with your life believe yeah. it's like right where's that come from right beliefs and you got got, got got to do the work and as soon as you're saying it there it's like yes that's what it is and yeah. i completely agree you see people read these books and they think i can do this i can do that i just want to touch on that actually looping all the way back around I, I drew this earlier on is that what happened to you um when you were starting out on your journey so obviously you've gone to all these uh, educational seminars and you've done this actually i've drawn a little timeline and i, I, yeah. I, I was just like because so you were here so you, you hated this job and you've gone to all these seminars and workshops but because yeah. you hadn't done the work quote unquote the proper proper work you just heard it you're like oh i'm gonna do all these amazing things yeah but it didn't work because you hadn't actually fundamentally picked it apart is that essentially what happened i'm so how can i get this in there I found out. <laughs> <laughs> and this is why you get what i call um seminar junkies yes yeah that's exactly what in my head it's like she sounds like one of them <laughs> yeah. yeah and it, it's a very true statement to make and my my biggest limiting belief for me was and this is based on all sorts of different things um was i want i'm not good enough yeah i think that's a very very popular one i think everyone has i genuinely <laughs> believe in some way shape or form because that's like the, as human beings i think we all have the common thing of we we, we are afraid of not being loved uh yeah. and not being good enough like yeah. in some way, shape or form, and not being accepted. And I think yeah. somewhere, even if it's not a massive, massive limiting belief, I think somewhere in there, that's always something. So uh, that was my biggest one. Like my, yeah. my, one of my big ones I had to get rid of was that. So I yeah. 100%, as soon as you said that, that hit me because that, that, yeah. that was me to a T. Is that leads to also something like you know, in the whole imposter syndrome scenario where you, 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 uh, I would, in my journey to where I am now, you know, I go through the whole gamut of, I get really excited about what I'm doing and then I'd have a sudden mental breakdown for absolutely no apparent reasons. My I was getting so close to the edge of my comfort zone. I was about to grow. My inner voice was like, fuck, 
close her down. Stop her, stop her. But you and say that, <laughs> it does the old identity. That for me, I'm going to say that. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, the, the more you move away from that old identity, that voice gets louder and louder because you're fucking destroying it. Like yeah. this little voice has been created. This like, oh, you're a piece of shit. You're destroying yeah. it. And it's like, no, you're still a piece of shit. No, you're still a piece of shit. And like, no, I'm not. Yeah, you are. No, I'm not. Yeah, you are. Oh, fuck, no, you're not. It's like, it's like yeah. it gets louder and louder. Yeah. And it's we, we tend to work from the have, have do be. So we think oh, if we have the thing, yes. we'll do the stuff and then we'll be a certain way. And what we need to do is flip that round. Yeah. We, we do have. Yes. That's what I talk about in schools. Mic drop. <laughs> and, honestly, this has been absolutely brilliant. I, I love your energy. I love your energy and I love, love, love how you articulate these things because, again, it's very deep stuff we're talking about. It's very, very deep stuff. But again, you've got an ability to actually articulate it in a way that is really, really understandable. So again, I hope that um, uh, you guys listen to this again, potentially take some notes. And if you uh, are watching, if you're listening to this on the audio version, uh, potentially when it talks about the, the tapping, uh, go back so you can actually see what Claire was doing, like visually, like where to tap, because I think it's been really, really fascinating and interesting. If so we've got definitely. time at the end, I don't know how long we're on here for, but if we've got time, I'm quite happy to run through a little tapping process. That'd just be awesome. To, just like an emotion or something. Just That'd be awesome. An idea. Let's do um, that. Let's do yeah. that. Let's do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Because I can talk about this till I'm blue in the face. <laughs> but until you actually try it for yourself, you don't really understand. It's like most things, you don't really get it. And um, right. the, thing, the, thing with, the thing with what we're just very quickly just, we're saying about the identity and you know, doing the things that, you know, having an identity and you can do the things. We think, oh, my issue is I, I'm not confident. I don't believe in myself. So I'll do some tapping. And then I'll believe in myself and everything will be rosy and hunky-dory. And this kind of comes with a warning label because, um, no, mm-hmm. you're going you're gonna to clear what you need to clear to up-level. But then yeah. every level has a new devil. And there's going to be things that, that start, I'm just blowing your mind. I love there. that. No, just, <laughs> every, every level has a new devil. I heard that in a podcast earlier on, uh, but he was talking about in business. So when you move through the, through the stages uh, yeah. of your first 100,000, then you move up to like every single level has got different challenges. And then as soon as you said that, it's like, oh, fuck, well, yeah, it applies to, to mental health and mindset stuff as well. It's like, that's absolutely yeah. brilliant. So I started off, you know, um, I was doing Facebook Lives and I had to do some EFT around the fact that, oh my God, it's alive. And then I got very comfortable doing lives and I can just sit there and chat about anything. Um, then I was invited onto a radio show and oh my God, so I up-leveled and shit, there's a lot of fear around that. I had to do a load of EFT about that. And then I was like, I've done, a, you know, I've done quite a few podcasts now. I'm quite happy chatting about it now, but you know, you know who knows what the next thing is, but that's gonna, that's gonna, if you start off with this big limiting belief a big core thing yes you can control it you can use stuff like EFT to be able to move through it but every time you level up it's going to rear its head a little bit but the more you use something like EFT the less the head comes up mm. because you're compa- every every session of EFT compounds on the one before and so you get this really good base where you don't just automatically go into a stress response because you're so used, your system is so regulated by something like EFT or whatever it is that you use mm-hmm. that you are, you have much more solid foundations from which to up level. That makes mm-hmm. sense. Absolutely. Right. Let me get myself comfortable. Mm, oh, okay. Right. So I'm all comfortable. Right. What do we have to do? <laughs> okay. So, um, Possibly the, the, the quickest way of doing an EFT example is to do something on an emotion. So just close your eyes for a sec and take a nice deep breath in and hold it. And then let it go. Another deep breath in and hold. And let it go. 
And one more for luck. Deep breath in and hold. And let it go. And just allowing your breathing to come easily, naturally, rhythmically. So take just a moment to really feel the connection to whatever it is you're sitting on or against. Just becoming aware of how that rises up to meet you, how it supports you. And as you feel yourself settling into that, I'd like you just to check in with your body. Just become aware of any areas of tension or maybe even pain. And just begin to notice how it is that you're feeling. And as it seems to be such a prevalent emotion at the moment, I'm going to focus this on stress. I'd like you to consider anything that you feel stressed about. Anything that's coming up. Maybe there's something going on at work. Maybe you've got the rising stress of preparing for Christmas. As you allow yourself to consider that, and you allow yourself to tune into that feeling of stress, I'd like you to give it a number between one and 10. But 10 is very, very high. And just as you focus in on that stress, become aware of where you feel that in your body and how it feels. Maybe it's a tension in your chest. Maybe your shoulders feel tight. Maybe your back hurts or maybe something else. And take a nice deep breath in and hold it. And let it go. And then when you're ready, you can open your eyes. We're just gonna start tapping on the karate chop point. So again, it can be either side with either hand. All we're going to do is we're going to do some tapping for stress. Now, this, because I don't know what's going on for everyone, because I'm not a mind reader. I'm working on it. But I'm not one yet. Um, yeah, I'm, what I'm going to have to do is ask you to hold in your mind what it is that you feel stressed about. And so when I'm doing this tapping with you, my words are going to be quite general. And so you may find that because they're quite genuine, maybe you don't get much of an impact. Because at the end of this tapping round, with regards to your number, one of three things is going to happen. Either the number is going to go up, say the same, or go down. Now, obviously, we're looking for it to go down. But either of the other two are absolutely fine as well. In fact, they're really good indicators. So if the number stays the same, it's because you're being too general. You're not being specific enough. And by that, I mean general would be something like, even though I'm feeling really stressed. I completely accept myself. Whereas specific would be, even though I'm feeling really stressed about the fact that my boss spoke to me in that tone of voice at lunchtime yesterday, and I'm still stewing over it, I deeply and completely accept myself. Can you see the difference there? So if you find that your number stays the same after this round, that's okay. It's an indication you need to get more specific, which you can do um, in your own time. What you may find is as we do the tapping, emotion can actually go up as you tap. And that's okay as well. And the interesting thing about that is to become curious of what caused the number to go up. What was the trigger there? What did you just say that caused your emotion to go up? What did you just think about? 
because that gives you indications and clues as to what else needs tapping on. So it's a little bit like doing some detective work. Mm. So what we're going to do is we're going to do a few rounds for, for stress. Like I said, it's going to have to be fairly general. Um, but do hold in your head what you are stressed about, whether that's past or future or present. And you're going to tap where I tap and you're going to repeat what I say. Now, if you are not feeling stressed and you're feeling a different emotion like anger, that's absolutely fine. Replace the word stress with anger or whatever it is. Sound good? Yep. Cool beans. Let's get going. So repeating after me, even though. Even though. I feel really stressed right now. I feel really stressed right now. And I really don't see how tapping on my hand. And I really don't see how tapping on my hand. Is going to change any of that. Is going to change any of that. And that's okay. And that's okay. I accept myself and how I feel. I accept myself and how I feel. Even though. Even though. I'm feeling really stressed. Even though I'm feeling really stressed. And I can feel it right there in my body. And I can feel it right there in my body. Maybe it's a tightness in my shoulders. Maybe it's a tightness in my shoulders. Maybe it's a tightness in my chest. Maybe it's a tightness in my chest. Wherever it is, I can really feel it. Wherever it is, I can really feel it. And that's okay. And that's okay. I'm allowed to feel this way. I'm allowed to feel this way. Even though. Even though. I am feeling so stressed right now. I'm feeling so stressed right now. I am out of my mind with stress. I'm out of my mind with stress. It's just all too overwhelming. It's just all too overwhelming. There's too much going on. There's too much going on. And I can't cope with it. And I can't cope with it. And I'm feeling it right there in my body. And I'm feeling it right there in my body. And that's okay. And that's okay. I give myself permission to feel this. I give myself permission to feel this. And I give myself permission to let it go. And I give myself permission to let it go. Yeah. So that's the three statements for the setup statement. Now we're going to move on to the rounds, moving to the eyebrow point. It can be either one with either hand. You can swap hands halfway through. All these acupressure points are meridian lines, which run equally up and down your body. So it doesn't matter which side you tap on. So when we get to a round, we're going to say what we call reminder phrases just to keep the issue at top of mind. So again, repeating after me, I'm feeling really stressed. I'm feeling really stressed. I am feeling so stressed right now. I'm feeling so stressed right now. Under eye. Do, do you want me to say the points? Yes, this, yeah, I think we're good, yeah. Yeah, okay, sorry. Um, so we're under the eye. Under the eye. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling so stressed right now. I'm feeling so stressed right now. Under nose. All this stress in my body. All this stress in my body. Chin. I'm really feeling it. I'm really feeling it. Collarbone. And it's really quite uncomfortable. And it's really quite uncomfortable. Underarm. I'm really feeling this stress. I'm really feeling this stress. Top of head. It's really overwhelming. It's really overwhelming. Eyebrow. It's too much. It's too much. Side eye. And I can't see a way out of it. And I can't see a way out of it. Under eyes. Too much going on. It's too much going on. Under nose. All this pressure I'm putting on myself. All this pressure I'm putting on myself. Chin, it's causing me to feel really stressed. It's causing me to feel really stressed. Collarbone, or maybe it's pressure someone else is putting on me. Or maybe it's pressure someone else is putting on me. Underarm, and it's causing me to feel really stressed. And it's causing me to feel really stressed. Top of head, and I can feel it right there in my body. And I can feel it right there in my body. Eyebrow, all this stress that I'm feeling. All this stress that I'm feeling. Side eye, all the things I have to do. All these things I have to do. Under eye, the immense size of my to-do list. The immense size of my to-do list. Under nose, it's too much. It's too much. Chin, maybe it's stressed my family. Maybe it's stressed my family. Collarbone, 
Maybe it's stress with something else. Maybe it's stress with something else. Under arm, whatever it is, I'm really feeling it. Whatever it is, I'm really feeling it. Top of head. And I maybe I can see that image in my head. Maybe I can see that image in my head. Eyebrow of what I'm so stressed about. Of what I'm so stressed about. Side eye. I can see it clearly. I can see it clearly. Under eye. Or maybe it's just a bit fuzzy. Or maybe it's just a bit fuzzy. Under nose. But I'm aware of it. But I'm aware of it. Chin. I know what I'm stressed about. I know what I'm stressed about. Collarbone. I know who I'm stressed about. I know who I'm stressed about. Underarm. All this stress and pressure. All this stress and pressure. Top of head. I'm really feeling it. I'm really feeling it. Eyebrow. And that's okay. And that's okay. Side eye. I'm allowed to feel whatever I feel. I'm allowed to feel whatever I feel. Under eye. It doesn't feel very comfortable. It doesn't feel very comfortable. Under nose. But I'm allowed to feel it. But I'm allowed to feel it. Chin. I give myself permission to feel it. I give myself permission to feel it. Collarbone. And by giving myself permission. And by giving myself permission. Underarm. I'm able to release it. I'm able to release it. Top of head. Whether that's now or a little later. Whether that's now or a little later. Eyebrow. All this stress. All this stress. Side eye. Choosing to feel calmer. Choosing to feel calmer. Under eye. All this stress. All this stress. Under nose. I'm choosing to feel calmer. I'm choosing to feel calmer. Chin. All this stress. All this stress. Collarbone. I'm choosing to feel calmer now. I'm choosing to feel calmer now. Underarm. All this stress. All this stress. Top of head. I'm choosing to allow myself to feel calm. I'm choosing myself to allow myself to feel calm. Good. Take a breath. And then just checking with yourself. What's changed with your number? What's changed in your body? Maybe you feel a bit tingly. Maybe you found yourself yawning during that. Or what I tend to do is I tend to burp because I'm a lady. Um, or maybe you got very hot and then very cold. It was a very, very short tapping session just to give you a, an indication of how it works. But all those different sensations that come up for you, maybe you feel a bit lightheaded or whatever it is, a bit tired, it's all signs of energy shifting around. So it's all really good indicators. So what was going on for you, Daniel? That's what I was thinking. When you said that, I was just like, what's actually gone on there? Because obviously I'm very aware of myself. Obviously I meditate quite regularly. So mm-hmm. uh, when we got into that breath state at the start, I just stood to the big deep breaths. I was instantly in that state. Like I didn't have to worry about it. As soon as you said, breathe in, bam, I'm there, I'm engaged. Yeah. Uh, but as soon as you finished, I was like, but even before you said it, I was checking in myself. Like, how do I actually feel now? Um, warm i feel, I feel like a warm sensation went throughout my body uh and again we said about energy shifting that's kind of how i felt i felt like i had a, i felt i feel a bit more engaged uh, again yeah. i wasn't i wasn't particularly stressed on a scale of one to ten i was about five uh and what i was thinking about is i've got christmas cards to write i've got a lot i've got a lot i've got a lot i've got a lot to write and i was thinking oh my god so that was like that's the only really because i don't allow myself to get stressed much anymore mm. but when you said about things being stressed i was like i don't get stressed about much yeah. So I was like, well, actually, I am stressed about these Christmas cards. Like, well, how am I going to write them all? I've got so many to do. And then the envelopes and the, 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 the stamps and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And I was like, okay, we'll use that. Now, again, just talking about it, I'm like, actually, I'm not that bothered. Like, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It, whatever number it was, this is a five. It's probably now even more of three. It's like, it's going to happen. That's my attitude anyway. So, But yeah. within myself, physiologically, definitely noticed a shift in my body that makes yeah. sense and that was a very that was a very very short time so um, research was, I mean, evidence, um, EFT is evidence based there's been loads of great research it sounds, it sounds bizarre and I'm going to be completely yeah. honest and transparent when I was doing a research interview I was just like 
but this is why again some people are like oh you only get people on that agree with you i don't i get people on that like I, I, they're on the same path as me but i've got different things because again mm. i may have done this and thought well, this is a bag of shit but someone may have done it and be like well this has changed my life so that's my yeah. thing but generally doing it now I'm like i can actually see how that would work like i, I feel different in myself doing it if that makes sense yeah yeah you yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, like a tit doing it but it doesn't mean you have to do it in public i mean if, yeah. it, there's a whole thing about this like it's people not feeling a certain way about how you look or what you're doing like you're doing stuff to help you like become a better version of you yeah. so I, I strongly encourage anybody that's listened to the audio of this just go check out the youtube video and actually go through this practice yourself uh, and again as claire said um if it wasn't stress remove the stress put something else in there that you are genuinely feeling and again get very specific about where you're feeling it and all that sort of stuff because genuinely that was really really interesting for me I, yeah I, I really enjoyed that and with regards to you know people get very hung up about what to say during EFT and that's why I've created loads of tap along videos to people um but the thing is you do, the words are there to bring the issue up and keep it front and center so if you're in the middle of feeling the feels if you are in the middle of feeling really angry or really depressed or whatever it is don't actually have to say a thing you can go straight for the eyebrow and just keep tapping through the rounds until that starts to reduce a little bit it doesn't have to be my much it can be a little bit it just gives you that window to then start to be able to think in a more positive way if you choose to do so. Oh. But the way you would use it with regards to limiting beliefs is the words, that's when the words come in a bit more. But don't panic about the words. What I, The advice I give to people who are first starting with EFT is just pretend like your best mate is in the room and just vent at them. <laughs> and as you vent, tap. Or if you journal, write it all out and then read it out to yourself as you tap through the points. Now, yes, you can do it in your head if you want to, but I think certainly when you're starting, there's something very powerful about saying stuff out loud. Mm. Um, so you, so own it, you own it a bit more, don't you? Yeah, you're getting it out there and you're putting it out into the universe is, is how I feel about it. But, you know, whatever works best for, for other people. But the thing with any any anything like this, it's an amazing technique. It's really effective, um, but only if you use it, which mm. sounds really facetious, but you don't go to the gym once, and yeah. do, do sit-ups once and expect to walk around with a six-pack for the rest of your life. Well, you can expect that, but it's not <laughs> that. Um, and the mistakes people make is they, they hear about how wonderful the EFT is, but they get a bit put off by how simple it can be. Because yeah. we have a tendency to make everything very difficult. If it's not difficult, it's not a belief. If it's not hard, it's not worth doing, or it doesn't work, or whatever it is. And so it's a bit put off by that, but also it can switch the other way around, and they, they'll do like five minutes of tapping and their world hasn't instantly changed. And then you hear, oh, yeah, EFT, oh, yeah, I tried that once, and it didn't work. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> Maybe try yeah. it again. <laughs> again, make, make, make commitment to just try it for like, yeah. again, just a because month. It's really, if, and again, if people are struggling to sleep, it's because you're in that fight or flight response. You're stressing about something. And so something like EFT, if you're struggling to sleep, is incredibly powerful because just 10 minutes of EFT will reduce your adrenaline. Mm. and that's putting you in that 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 particularly the fight response but cortisol is a big one there's been some really good research please give me a five minute warning if you want to mm. sharp um there's been some really good research around the effect it has on cortisol levels in your body and the most recent one was done by a lady called dr peter stapleton is out in australia who i had the immense pleasure of interviewing a couple of years ago a lovely lovely lady does some really good research into this and she got a group of people and they stressed them up a little bit and they broke them into three groups. And one group received an hour of magazine reading. The second group received an hour of psychoeducation on stress, so pamphlets to read on stress. And the third group received an hour of EFT. 
after an hour, they measured the levels of cortisol again. They did that with the saliva. So they did before and after. Yeah. And yeah. the group who had an hour of magazine reading to read, their cortisol went up by two, by 2%. So they don't read magazines. Um, the second group who had the psychoeducation, their cortisol levels decreased by the usual amount you'd expect them to if you took the stressor away. So I think it's around 19%. The group who had EFT for an hour, their cortisol levels reduced by whopping 43%. Wow. So that's not so really, that's, not, that's, not, that's not reducing the stress. That's then putting them into that parasympathetic state. So that's not yeah. that's a baseline. That's taking you actually into yeah. that parasympathetic. Yes, that's huge. That's huge. So, so certainly, a lot of people these days, um, you know, I think everyone struggled with sleep at some point in some form, um, and just a little bit of EFT. Um, you know, just set a timer, ten minutes before you, you know, before you go to bed. Because one of the natural things about EFT is because it's putting you into that parasympathetic mode it's calming your nervous system down you're going to naturally feel tired mm. honestly this has been a brilliant conversation like genuinely like <laughs> I, I didn't know what to expect and it's been absolutely incredible and um, where can people find out more about you um so i'm very imaginatively t- entitled claire turner eft <laughs> <laughs> at least people know exactly where you are it's clairetureneft.com um, as all the bits in Claire, it's C-L-A-I-R-E. Um, on YouTube, you can check out Claire Turner-EFT, I think it is. And on Facebook, it's Claire Turner-EFT. On Instagram, it's Claire Turner-EFT UK. Um, I've got no idea what my Twitter handle is because I don't do any of that. No, I've, got, I've, I've, I've got Twitter, I don't use it either. What I'll do is I'll get Mikey to pop all the stuff across the bottom of the screen as yeah, well, so yeah, people can know where to, yeah. to find you. Uh, yeah. Thank you very much for your time today. It's been absolutely, absolutely awesome. Absolute pleasure. Yeah, absolute pleasure. It's been really fun. Thank you. Take care. You too. Ciao.